0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Daily, not The Daily, The Covfefe Break. We renamed it. Welcome to Covfefe on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter, and I'm joined, as almost always, by my co-host, Carrie Smith. Hey, Carrie.
1: Hey, Carter. How are you?
0: I'm fine. I Car- know I sound sick. I'm not sick at all. Uh, I was telling Carrie I had bad allergies yesterday, and I was sneezing all day because I was in the garage working, and uh, I sound sick. I'm fine. I'm not sick. We've actually been in semi-quarantine, so I can't possibly be sick. There's no way to get sick. So I'm fine. Uh, I do not have coronavirus people in chat. I am fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I immediately said, are you sick?
0: (laughs) I know. You sound sick. I know. I'm not. I'm not sick. I'm fine. I just had like, I was sneezing a lot and coughing a lot yesterday because of, I didn't want to waste a mask in the garage, so I breathed in dust and crap all day and then. Yeah, whatever, uh, but I'm not.
1: Safe. Uh, a little better.
0: <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah.
1: Thank you to everyone who's joining us in chat. If it's your first time here, um, we are our channel is called Unsafe Space. You can follow us on unsafespace.com. We do um, a an intermittent show called Caffeine Break. And we do it live on Mondays and Fridays at this time. And uh, we do a series called Deprogrammed, which is about SGW ideology, which has a lot of great interviews with folks. If you guys haven't checked out Deprogrammed, you should definitely look into it. And then we do other off, you know, other one off videos with interviews special. We did one on, Carter did one on coronavirus. We also have a book club coming up March 22nd is our next discussion. That'll be a Sunday at 7 PM, Texas time. And the book that we're reading is Douglas Murray's the madness of crowds, which you can get at unsafespace.com space.com on our book club page. There should be a link, an affiliate link, but we hope you'll join us. Oh, and we have a subscribe star. If you want to donate financially, it's subscribestar.com and go to unsafe space. How was that Carter?
0: That was excellent. Carrie. Uh, although Thanks. I think there's some suspicion that you're an imposter because you're hatless.
1: Oh, oh! I, I missed that, and I'm on time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, not too much. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I uh, Carrie. After I said I wasn't coming to visit you, they canceled South by Southwest. So uh, I saw that. Yeah.
1: The city had to cancel it because the festival wasn't going to do it. The city had to step in and say, "Sorry, you're canceling it."
0: Oh, is that what um, happened?
1: Yeah. The city did. Yeah. The festival organizers sent out a email saying, you know, this is the first time it's been canceled in 30 something years or whatever. Like, they didn't want, they didn't want to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's um, not surprising. Um, I'd have canceled because Hillary Clinton was headlining, but that's a separate issue. Uh,
1: that was like, yeah. <laughs> so, well, okay. So here's something about coronavirus. Okay. I went down a rabbit hole, a couple different news stories on Saturday. So things that I just hadn't been able to, I hadn't stayed caught up with and whatever. And there's a couple things I want to talk about. One, I did go down the coronavirus rabbit hole a bit. I didn't get panicked. I'm not panicked or anything. I think Mike Cernovich, if you guys don't follow Cernovich on Twitter, I think he's one of the best when it comes to talking about new developments with the virus, but also not being panicked. Um, He's He's pretty
2: good.
1: He's pretty good. And, um, so I was reading a lot of the articles that he had linked, or different things he was tweeting, and uh, I saw the thing about Italy doing the quarantine of was it 16 million people?
0: Yeah, there's some 20, martial law uh, happening in parts of Italy now. Yeah.
1: In parts of Italy, um, I saw that Germany's numbers had gone up to about 600, which isn't that many. Italy's Italy has more. Italy's like 5,000 or 6,000 or something confirmed cases. Um, <sighs> So I kind of was following all that stuff, and then I I read some – Kiara, actually, in – she may be in the chat. She posted some good advice on things that you might – like supplies you might want to have just to be – just so you have them, right? Like, uh, wait, just you, like mean, sort of,
0: you mean Kiara Bickers? No. Oh, okay.
1: No, 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 no. One of my friends. Um, And so she – so the same way – this is – Sernovich was talking about this. If you post about, like, being prepared the way Carter is or other people are, then people are like, oh, you're panicking. It's like, no, like, you don't think your house is going to catch on fire, but you have fire insurance, right? Like, you don't don't think your car is going to get stolen, but you lock your car. Um, And I thought those were good points. And so here's what's interesting to me. You had asked me if people in Texas were freaking out yet, and they're not. Um, you know, I had friends over for dinner last night, like nobody's on lockdown or anything like that, but, um, I did go to four different stores and could not, all the same things were completely cleaned out. All the zinc tablets are gone at every, every store, all of the alcohol, um, all of the, um, uh, hand sanitizers, all of the hand soaps. Um, it's the same, like four things, you can't find them anywhere in town. And I live in a, I don't live in Austin proper. So I was a little surprised that there had been a run on all these things. But yeah, anyway,
0: I appreciate you saying like, I, 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 do think we need to draw a line between panic and preparedness and I don't, I was thinking about the psychology of people that feel the need to tell people to not panic. Um, I don't know what psychology that is. Like the downside of quarantining is what you don't hang out in crowds for a few weeks. And like, so you miss, you miss a couple events. Like that's a small downside. Um And I, there's this, like, I don't mind if people aren't in agreement with me about my level of concern over the virus. That's fine. We all have our own opinions. But it, the people that are like, stop telling people to panic. Stop like quoting numbers about this virus is not that's not telling people to panic and people are one thing that's bothering me is people are using the death rate as a thing like oh the death rates only blah 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 and first of all you don't know what the death rate is uh if you actually look at the resolved cases either have that have been resolved because of death or have been resolved because they've been declared like the case is over and they've recovered if you do the math on that the death rate's six percent um So we don't actually know what the death rate is because the virus isn't over yet. And I think I mentioned this on Friday when the World Health Organization guessed at the death rate of SARS, they were off by a factor of three. It turned out to be about 10% and they were guessing it was about three point something. So we don't actually know. Second, you don't have to die to be negatively impacted by this. This virus can leave you with permanent lung damage. I don't want permanent lung damage, do you? I don't wanna be in the recovered cases where I have permanent lung damage. so there's this weird thing where if you say like, "Oh, we're like we're staying home, we're not going out in crowds, and like we're prepared to do that, and we've purchased all the stuff," there's people that think that you're a crazy panicker, and uh, I I think the only reason for that is complacency. I, I don't know. I don't I don't think I used this analogy before, Carrie, But if you imagine, if I did, stop me. It, can you imagine raising like generation after generation of mice? And with like a uh, a plush toy cat and teaching them that the cat was not a threat. And then, you know, the fifth generation mouse comes along and a real cat comes along and that mouse is like, relax, everyone. It's not a threat. It's not a big deal. And it's like, yeah, I, I get that you've been in this environment where everything's safe for you all the freaking time and you never have to worry about anything. But that doesn't mean that black swan events don't come around where you should just take some ordinary precautions. And, you know, someone was joking in chat like, oh, you're a mask order. Yeah, we have 70 masks. We had them three months ago or two months ago. Like, we prepped before everyone else prepped. So now we're kind of chilling and it doesn't matter. Um, and we're not freaking out that you can't buy toilet paper at the store or that there's not enough hand sanitizer. It's This is part of being a responsible adult. And I, I, I don't know. I, I gave this analogy before that people liked, but I think now they're going to dislike it when I expand on it. <laughs> I gave the analogy the difference between a wild animal and a farm animal, and I was like, "Be a wild animal, don't be a farm animal, don't be in your little tax cage." Um, and people like the idea of being a wild animal when it means they have freedom, but with freedom comes responsibility. I don't, I'm not expecting the government to protect me from this. So if you want to be a wild animal. You also are vigilant against threats yourself. You don't wait for the city to tell you now it's time to quarantine. You don't wait for the government to do anything. You don't blame the government for not protecting you. You look out at the world. You look at the stats. You make your own decisions. And you take care of yourself and your family. That's part of being a wild animal. And uh, if you view yourself as an individualist, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Like, you handle it however you want. I could be totally wrong. But um, it's not... It's not the CDC's responsibility to save you from this. It's your responsibility to protect yourself from it, however you think that needs to be done. That's the end of my rant. Sorry, (laughs) Kerry. Keith the Hat Guy says he prepared by picking up five boxes of 223. Only five boxes, Keith? (laughs) (laughs) Kerry, you're muted. I don't know why, but I don't hear you at all.
1: Oh, sorry. I was saying I was on board with your rant. Mm. Um, but I did not prepare. I didn't pick up a bunch of hand sanitizer and all the other stuff. And I'm, I'm still not too worried about it. But um, <laughs> I have more than five boxes of 223. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I know. Really? No, five boxes? If I was down to
0: five boxes, I would be in panic mode. Keith. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, whenever you hear those things of like, uh, <laughs> the, the police find some guy with like thousands of vans, a, a, like rounds of ammo and like two guns. And they're like, it's an arsenal. It's, I'm always
1: like, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you're just preparing for some unknown event. That's all. You just have it in case. Okay. I had a gun instructor who told me years ago, he was like, like this case don't ever open just keep it like just to have it in case you, you will know when you need to open that case. It's a bit like, um, Oh gosh, uh, Tamara and chat gave me some Dave Ramsey books, uh, which I desperately needed because <laughs> didn't learn how to manage money when I was younger. Um, and one of the things Dave Ramsey talks about is putting a thousand dollars somewhere where you're not going to touch it. Like actually getting the cash out putting it somewhere where you won't touch it and just having it, just never touch it. You will know if you actually need it and it's not for, Oh, I might want to go on that vacation or whatever. It's like, no, that's the thousand dollars you need when you need it. You know it. He was like, you could even put it in a, you could frame it with like a photo on uh, something on top of it or something. So, you know, it's in there and you got to break that picture to get it, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah totally. <laughs> like you can also do that with um. Like physical gold, like you can go buy like troy ounces of gold and just have a stack of them in your safe or something, which is not you know, I don't I don't remember what the price of gold is now, but like the last time I checked it was I don't know, twelve hundred or something like that an ounce. I don't know. Um, but you know, get, get some gold, stick it in your safe, get some cash to get in the safe. Um for the ammo thing, I buy ammo by I generally like to buy ammo by the lot anyway, so I get like a thousand rounds of ammo and just I cycle through it though. I like to do um a little FIFO buffer. And so that I'm not like having ammo sit around for 20 years. I'm using it and like I just replaced the old ammo.
1: Mm. So a couple things in chat. Uh, Nicole earlier lamented that there was no alcohol at the stores here. No, not that kind of alcohol. I mean rubbing alcohol.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can tell the priorities of the mountain people right away, can't
1: you? (laughs) Uh, Also, Nancy says she needs a hot guy to teach her how to shoot. Anybody who lives near Nancy... Hot guy wants to teach Nancy how to shoot and where's, she's where's available. Where do Nancy live? <laughs> I We're don't a dating know. service.
0: Where do you live, Nancy? You got to tell us and we'll, we'll hook you up with uh, hot guys. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and somebody said, my money is behind the dolly picture. No, it's not. Don't you ever <laughs> break into my house and attempt to break my dolly picture. I don't actually have the money in a photo. I don't actually have the money. <laughs> so there.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. I, you know, the other thing I want to mention is there's been some. Um, by the way, I don't. I, I should say this because a lot of times we end up defending Trump. I don't think Trump's doing a good job of this at all. I think he's screwing up um, this whole thing. However, I don't want to pile on because the media is giving him too much blame for this. So I feel like the criticism of Trump is being handled more than is necessary for this. Um, but, and I don't. I don't generally view it as the government's job to save us anyway. Uh, but. I want to talk about um, one thing related to this, Kerry, and get your thought on it. Um, A lot of times when there's a crisis like this, uh, governments institute price controls and that you can go to jail for, quote, price gouging. Have you seen any of that? Because I've seen a little bit of it here.
1: Uh, no, I've heard a little about that. I saw the opposite. I saw at t- my local target, um, all the empty shelves where you couldn't get the hand sanitizer or whatever they actually had. So at the grocery store, those shelves were empty and there was a sign there that, that had said before it all ran out, um, because we're in a panic or whatever, we limit three per customer. Target had the opposite sign. Target said it was something like, flu move or something (laughs) it said buy three or more and get such and such percent off uh
0: go target go target (laughs)
1: target well just take (laughs) it
0: i i just want to make a case for um i want to make a case against uh governments coming in and fixing prices in crisis like this people will complain that like um you know i've seen I saw a picture today of hand sanitizer, like a bottle like a you know it was a big bottles like this, right a picture of of hand sanitizer on sale for not sale being sold for fifty bucks um and people complain about like, oh, this is profiteering it's it's and that and that profiteering's thrown around like this is a bad word um like it's price gouging like price price gouging is bad um but price gouging. Raising the prices in short supply is actually what prevents hoarding, right? That's how you, like, if I can, if I beat you to, I beat most of you to prepping for this crisis, I'm just gonna say it now, we beat most of you. Um, so we hoarded because we can. Uh, and we, what, what pricing, what raising the prices does was is prevent hoarding If it was 50 bucks, a bottle of hand sanitizer, we wouldn't have a bunch of hand sanitizer, um, (laughs) we would limit what we have. And so the free market actually handles crises pretty well if you leave it alone and let people raise prices for things. Yes, it means it's difficult to get stuff. That's very important, but you want it to be difficult. If there's a limited supply, you want it to be difficult to get because you don't want some people sitting on a whole bunch of it. You want it to be distributed as, as evenly as possible. And to do that, you raise the prices. That's how the free market works. When the government steps in and says, you can't charge more than X for a bottle of water or for hand sanitizer, well, they just they get sold out immediately. That's what happens. Um, I guess another free market solution, if, if a company wants to, is do what you're saying Uh, Was it Safeway or whatever like three per customer? They could do that Um, Companies can do that, but when the government steps in and vilifies raising prices, they're actually not helping you Um, All they're doing is allowing hoarders to uh, Get it and they're they're disrupting the supply So you actually want prices to go up when this kind of stuff happens because you don't need 80 million rolls of toilet paper people so like right those prices can go I up. Have a you buy enough that you need now and you can wait till the prices go back down to buy the rest of your year supply of toilet paper.
1: So why so first of all, a couple thoughts about coronavirus as I was reading about it. Why for this virus is it toilet paper? I can understand hoarding the masks and the hand sanitizer. Why I saw a video of two women in Australia like <laughs> brawling <saw> <laughs> in the grocery store over toilet paper. What is the deal with the toilet paper? I don't get it.
0: I, I think the deal is, I mean, I think the deal is, if you're going to self-isolate, it's many people's nightmare to run out of toilet paper, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, maybe that's what it is. Uh, you know, we okay. don't have bidets in the West very much, so I guess, I guess if you run out of toilet paper, it's a big, big problem. So, uh, But it's okay. not the kind of virus where you like it gives you the runs or anything. It's not like... It's like it. It's not a. It's not directly related to the virus. I think it's just related to um, isolating. But I don't. I mean, who knows? I don't think the supply okay. chains will be so massively interrupted that you won't be able to get things delivered or get stuff to the store. You just
1: yeah. You know. That's what I don't know. But maybe I'm wrong. Okay. So first of all, I was confused about why there's a run on toilet paper. Um, <laughs> the the other thing uh, I was thinking. Oh gosh, what was it in regards to the virus? Oh, just the idea that with community s- contamination, don't you think everybody's going to be exposed to it anyway at some point? Like, what's the point of quarantining if when you're like if you're going to be exposed to it when the quarantine's over?
0: Oh, well, I think the idea is that uh, it dies down before you unquarantine, right? I mean, um, we saw in China, for example, that China had an predictably authoritarian response to the coronavirus in every way, including censorship and, but also including like locking people in their apartment buildings. Uh, so if you, if you watch China, like the, you know, it, it had that, I'm trying to do this backwards for you. So it had that exponential growth, right? But then it like started to taper off. And now the number of cases that uh, China is seeing new every day are going down and um It's starting to just become, you know, once it hits a certain level and people get it, it starts to kind of dissipate. Um, So I think I think the people who are quarantining plan. I do. We we plan to like just hang out long enough for it to be kind of going down again and not really in the not being passed around by the community as much anymore. And like and then then it kind of goes away. It might behave like SARS, right? SARS magically. I'm, I'm saying magically in quotes, but only kind of half uh, in jest. SARS went away magically in April. They don't know why. They, they thought maybe it was temperature, but that's not really a great explanation because Singapore has constant temperature all year round and it was in Singapore and went away in April. So it's not clear, but at some point uh, the virus went away. So, um, and I think, you know, uh, I think at some point that it, that may happen, to the coronavirus um it might be that the coronavirus is the thing that we end up having to live with and at that point you know eventually i've got to come out of quarantine and deal with the reality of like this is just going to stick around but um you know my my attitude on it is i'm not a hugely social person anyway so you know for us to decide hey let's just not go out is not really that like we don't lose that much like all right so we don't go to a few functions that we might have gone to like i don't I don't care. It doesn't cost us anything really. So,
1: um, okay. Well, thank you, Nicole for the, for She gave us a super chat so we can each buy <laughs> 10 squares of toilet paper. <laughs> thank you, Nicole 10 thank squares of the, toilet paper each. <laughs> thank you. Um, can we move on to the second topic I wanted to hit?
0: Yeah. I don't want to talk about coronavirus all day either. So,
1: okay. Okay. So, uh, A few days ago, not that long ago, like less than a week ago, I was saying to someone how funny the campaign was going to be. The debates were going to be between Biden and Trump, because I was thinking of the old Biden. I was thinking of the Biden I knew and the funny guy who says crazy, you know, crazy off the cuff things with Trump saying corn pop stories, whatever. (laughs) But I hadn't watched any recent footage of him until two days ago. And then I watched a lot of videos like recent videos and I'm not a neurologist. I'm not here to diagnose anyone. I'm not going to, but he appears to me to be someone who is different and in is off and is, and is searching for uh, his language and for memory at times. And so I feel totally differently now. I don't think it's going to be funny. I think it's going to be sad. It made me sad watching those videos and I felt sorry for him. And, but, the reason I want to talk about it is I don't understand why the DNC has chosen him and we know they cho- they, they oh, do. admitted they have the, well let me let me just finish my question. Sure. They admitted they have the right to pick whoever they want. When they were sued, the lawsuit that happened after Bernie, after they swung things away from Bernie towards Clinton, they admitted, they said we're a private company, we can do what we want. We don't even have to follow our own rules. So I know the DNC is behind picking him, and it's crazy to watch all these different um, DNC party leaders now endorsing him. But I, I, the question I had is, if it's going to be a bloodbath between him and Trump, which it looks like it is, yep. why would they do that unless, A, there's a couple of options. You can tell what you think, and maybe maybe your reason isn't on this list. I was thinking, okay, well, A – they want to lose because if Trump has been a windfall for the media and for the DNC and people are enraged and engaged and they give lots of money. And so maybe they are like, look, we're going to lose. We might as well lose with this guy. Cause we know he's good. Maybe they know they're going to lose. And that's what they're counting on because they want four more years of high media ratings and money and people donating. Cause they're so sick of Trump and maybe that's what they want. Or B some people have told me, well, look at who the VP pick is because he's going to, drop like as soon as he gets elected, he's gonna step down and that person's gonna be leading things. And I'm like, well if that's the case, why are they so confident he'll win yeah. in this condition? Yeah. Unless they think the fix is unless they're confident the fix is in.
0: Right. So my take on this is uh is is twofold. One is that they are confident the fix is in. So I think I think they believe that Google, Facebook, Twitter doing everything they can to make sure the Democrat wins will accomplish that. So I think um I think they're relatively confident they can tear Trump down, partly because they control big tech and the media and they're going to actually like all, it's all hands on deck for this election. So I think they feel like they can do it. And they're a little bit in an echo chamber. So they believe their own bullcrap about uh, Trump's lack of popularity. So I think partly they believe that they can win with no matter whom they nominate. Uh, I think the reason they choose Biden is precisely because he's in cognitive decline because that makes him easy to control it makes uh he's going to have an entire cathedral around him of uh of advisors and they will be able to direct biden exactly in the directions they want he will take all the advice they want he's his his cognitive decline makes him not a threat at all and makes him a puppet and makes him very controllable And, and of all the candidates he's actually the most controllable um so i think they chose him precisely because of that with the assumption wow. that they can win, anyway, that's my thought.
1: that they can win even though he's clearly in cognitive decline.
0: Yeah, but I mean, or if you've observably got Facebook, so, Google, he seems to be. Yeah, but if you've got everyone, yeah. if you've got everyone pushing, if you've got the ent- entire cathedral pushing, um, and that's just you know, that's just by like influencing votes through Facebook and and that kind of stuff. Who knows what they're planning to do? Like actually illegal, nefarious activity at the ballot you've also got states that have claimed that they're going to throw all their electoral votes to the uh to the uh popular vote winner like that that hasn't been tested in in the supreme court yet so i think you know we may end up with a constitutional crisis at the end of this because something might happen where um the states throw their delegates to the the person who wins the popular election but if they hadn't then the other candidate would have won like you know so we uh I think, but I think they're pretty confident. I mean, if if there's one thing we've learned about the the cathedral is they're they're arrogant and smug, and they don't ever view that they can lose, which is why they went crazy in 2016. So, and they they as we know they haven't actually anis- analyzed why they lost in 2016. So their no, their haven't. next move is just to kind of repeat the thing but do it more.
1: Yeah. Well. So here's something. Here's something that I find very evil and scary. Uh, one of these videos that I watched that changed my opinion about Biden. Actually, could we could we play it?
0: Uh, yeah. You want to send it to me?
1: Um, I I have it on my uh Twitter if can, here. If you maybe. can do it
0: from your end, go ahead.
1: Okay, let's see. Hold on. I'm gonna share my
0: screen. I'll read chat do, while do, you're do. doing
1: that. Okay.
0: Uh, he may have Parkinson's. I don't know if he has Parkinson's. I've been watching Biden too, guy. I'm just responding to people in chat for a minute while you're doing that. Yeah. I, I I've been watching Biden as well, and um, it's not. If you watch old clips of him, I do, I don't agree with him in the old clips. I don't like him, but uh, wow, he really um, he really is in cognitive decline. You saw the thing the other day, Kerry, where he was like, uh, what did he say? <laughs> um
1: well this is it i'm hit, oh. about to hit play i think oh you gonna I'm hit going play
0: out. okay yeah yeah uh, can see. you see this uh i don't yet hold on are you sharing the screen yeah let's see uh i don't know why it's not showing up here so um sorry guys thank you yarn hoarder aka fiber art freak by the way um Yeah, I don't. I don't see your screen share. I don't know why it's not showing up, Carrie. But it's not.
1: Okay, can you um go to just go to my Twitter and pull up the tweet thread I did about Biden? It's yeah. the first video in there.
0: All right. Sorry, sorry about this, folks. We will. Uh, let's go to Carrie's Twitter. Collectively, we'll all go look at Carrie's Twitter together. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which yeah, one is you, it?
1: Keep going. Keep going, keep going down, keep going down, keep going down. It's the one about Biden, it's coming up soon. Right there, a few days ago, click on that.
0: All right, Um, and let me turn on the sound here so we can all.
1: No, not that, but.
0: What? Not this one? No, go back. Oh, not this one.
1: A few days ago, there's no video, it says a few days, no Carter, go back up. Go back up, go back up, go back up, Oh, there. A few few days days ago, ago. I thought it would
0: be a funny campaign.
1: Yeah, now the first video down there is, the town hall one. Oh That's this one.
0: Cool. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, and I'll turn on sound so everyone can hear it. Hopefully. And let's go.
2: Uh, negative attacks and one about what we're for, because we cannot get reelect we cannot win this re election. Excuse me, we can only re elect Donald Trump. <laughs> we can only re elect Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> yeah. The poor well, guy. I didn't I
1: didn't laugh at it. I mean, I, he I felt also did sorry. that
0: um he did that thing the other day where he said something about like, uh, all men are created equal by God. Uh, y- you know, <laughs> he just totally bumbled. It's, He's bumbling see, everything. You're so muted so, again, Carrie. So um, no, I'm not. So scroll down. No, you're still muted, Carrie. No, I'm not. All right. Well, no one hears you. I I don't hear you. Wait, maybe I do. Talk again. I'm not muted. Oh, you're not muted. I turned my sound down because I'm an idiot.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm Biden. You're Biden. <laughs> okay. So can go back. I didn't, I didn't laugh during this. This actually made me almost cry because I, I watched them all in, in, in succession and I hadn't seen them all. If you wouldn't mind, play the second one there as well. Uh, and then, because I just want to show people what it is I'm seeing.
0: The, the one about the firefighters? Yeah. All right. I can do that. And I'm sure everyone saw the. Hold on, I'll I'll see if I can find another one too. But all right, here we go. Let's see. Biden, take two.
2: I am the national firefighter.
0: Oh great. Let's try this again.
2: what even? I have the national firefighters. What even? You know, I ponder though is uh, is the uh, the incredible enthusiasm and excitement this campaign has generated, folks. A lifelong Democrat, a proud Democrat, an Obama-Bama Democrat. <laughs> We're going to bring together Americans of, America of every race, ethnicity, gender. Economic station, Democrats, if you think big enough and bold enough to build the future of this nation, that one that deserves, we can do this by building on Obamacare and standing up and beating the NRA and gun manufacturers straight up, increasing exponentially the prospects of their success.
0: I'm sorry, Kerry. I still think it's funny.
1: Yeah. I think some of this is is they're nitpicking too much like, yeah, so what he yeah, they're they're trying to make him look worse than he is. But mixed in with that, there are some moments there where he seems like he's grasping to me and then we don't have to play all of them. But there's a really effective ad that Trump is running now um, where he's pulled together a lot of these moments and spliced them together with the Blue Cathedral, with the media and with people like Cory Booker um, talking about Biden's cognitive decline and it's really effective. And I just, once I saw that ad, I was like, he's law, like he can't, he can't. And I saw him trying to explain it in that the fourth video I posted, he was trying to explain it to a reporter. And in the course of explaining it, he was calling it stuttering, which it's not stuttering. He was calling it stuttering. And in the course of doing it, he lost his train of thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like completely. in the course of explaining losing his train of thought he lost his train of thought and so i just i left i've i left i walked away from these videos by the way i do want to make one note dr k said in the chat that there was more to that video at the end that helped it make sense where he said we can only she says there was more to that sentence like we can only reelect Trump if blah, 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 something that made more sense. Well, if that's the case, then uh, I want to see the rest of it. Then, then it would make more sense and they, it's been selectively edited at that point. So it makes him look really bad. Yeah. But either way, he's still like grabbing for what he's trying to say there. And yeah. it's yeah. just something I, did, I hadn't seen from the old Joe, like this kind of trying to find his train of thought again. And, and it made me feel sorry for him. And I felt like they're putting him in this position. If he were my dad, like I wouldn't want him in the public eye being going into something that looks like he's like a sacrificial lamb to slaughter.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. I do think the particular video that you just showed there, I think there was plenty taken out of context there. So and there Mm -hmm. and granted, there are going to be people on the right who try and nitpick everything he says about like, and, and, and claim that it shows that he had dementia. Honestly, though, Carrie, I really, yeah. this is the one that got me the most. And I just want to play it. Cause it like this one, I just don't, I just don't understand what's going on here. Hold on. Oh, the sounds. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, knew, I realized the sounds down. Sorry about, sorry, one. This is what you get with live shows. Okay. Here we go.
2: We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go you know, the, you know, the thing. We all be-
0: I mean, uh, that's pretty bad. The, thing, the other uh, thing that's interesting, though, is that um, I think uh, it's not just that he's, he's fading here. It's that the cathedral is, is claiming that saying that he's having trouble is now a uh, Russian uh, propaganda. And uh, like Donna Brazil okay. even is, is tweeting about this and like some, uh, I forget, I think there's a CNN reporter tweeting about this. Like people are now claiming that, oh, the idea that Biden is in cognitive decline is a Russian conspiracy theory, right? So now we're supposed to all, it's, it's Russia again. Um, but uh, That's I mean, clearly something's going on with stop. the
1: guy. They try and scare you by linking. That's the same thing they do with, um, they'll say, uh, you know, such and such is like back when, back when Trump talked about the genocide that was happening of white farmers in South Africa and the same newspapers that days or weeks before had printed headlines and articles about the murder of these white farmers turned around. And when Trump said something about it, it said Trump repeats white nationalist talking point about white farmers being killed. It's like, I don't know if that's a white nationalist talking point. It doesn't matter. It's a fact. Right. It's a fact. But they'll try to scare you from talking about certain facts beca- by associating it with. So, one of the things they use is Russia. And I know so many SJWs, they don't know a, a single thing about Tulsi Gabbard. All they can say is Russia, Russia, because they've been told Russia. And that's enough to keep them from looking, investigating her policies or doing anything because they've been told Russia. So that's what they're trying to. You can't criticize Joe Biden. That's Russia. That's a Russia talking point. Um, Yeah, I had Uh, one uh, other quick thing along those lines. uh What I was going to say at the very beginning about how something that I found scary is that Twitter has now rolled out or they're in the process of rolling out this. uh, Manipulated media label. They're going to start putting on things manipulated media. Twitter is going to start telling us when we shouldn't trust something. Right. And they put it on that video of
0: the one that you just showed.
1: Biden. They put it on the video of Biden saying, uh, "We sh- we should reelect. We have to reelect. We you know he stumbled five times before he landed on, or like three times before he landed on. We can only reelect Donald Trump. Anyway, they they put on that. Uh, a little exclamation mark and it says manipulated media right now if if you don't know any better you don't know presumably that means what dr k was talking about that they chose to edit it right at the end of that sentence instead of letting him say the rest in context okay but when i hear manipulated media i think it's fake and been it's been doctored it hasn't that part has not been doctored that's exactly what he said it was from c-span
0: Right. And they're so not the going to put that, that on. Now, yeah. And if they did that to yeah. Trump, if CNN did that to Trump, they're not going to put manipulated media on there. Yeah. Right. They're
1: not going to do that at all. So it's just another way, just like with Facebook using Snopes to tell right. us what's fake news and <laughs> Snopes, which is like fact checking the Babylon bee, like the onion guys. It's a satirical site.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know, Carrie. Uh, I do, um, there was another, there's another example of the, there's another example I saw recently of the media saying like, oh, it's racist. Like, I think it was CNN. Someone was like, it's racist to call it the Wuhan virus, but there's like four or five headlines from CNN calling it the Wuhan virus. (laughs) It's like, they're just, they're just, you know, they're just trying to have their cake and eat it too, right? It's, it's only racist if the other, the other side does it, so. I don't know. <clears throat> That's what, um, actually, Carrie. Uh, you remind. I don't know why this is reminding me of this, and I, I don't want to show this video because uh, I actually it's a small channel that made this video, uh, and I don't want to take views away from like they're they're smaller than we are, uh, but it's an awesome video. I'm gonna post a video in chat. Did you see the commercial that someone made for Wokeness? no they made yeah they made a i just posted the link in chat and i'll also put it in the uh show notes below they made uh one of those um like drug advertisement style videos right where there's like pictures of of people and you know a voiceover like if you suffer from blah 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 right talk to your doctor about blank yeah uh they they made one of those commercials uh, about wokeness and it's pretty funny. I suggest people go watch it and the show, the channel has like a few hundred subscribers. It's a tiny channel, but they did a great job on this video. So um, I think people should go check it out. That's all. And Elva Carol 555 says, it's called asymptomatic intolerance, Uh, Carter. Yeah, uh, thank you. That's a good, I didn't know that phrase, but it's a good phrase. Uh, Asymmetric, not asymptomatic. My brain's in, medical world, asymmetric intolerance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie's laughing. at me.
1: So the other news, uh, that I looked, look, I looked at a lot of, I got caught up on a lot of things on Saturday or I tried to, okay. um, the other thing I was looking at was just, well, we know they've done this all along. Somebody asked me, are you surprised? I'm like, no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out is, um, the DNC, Change the rules for the March 15th debate. Oh, yeah. She to specifically exclude. Yeah. exclude Tulsi Gabbard. Yep. She has one delegate. The previous rules allowed as long as you had one delegate, you could be in the debate. They changed the rules to say you needed 20 or 20, pers- 20 delegates something like that just to make sure she can't be in it. Yeah. Because imagine her on stage with Biden and, uh, and uh, I'm having my own boomer moment. Bernie. <laughs> And Bernie, the two (laughs) Bs. Imagine her on stage with the two Bs. First of all, she comes off as young and vivacious and strong and, you know, she's a veteran. And then you've got her. I mean, she would mop the floor with Biden. Yeah, absolutely. And they can't have that. They've already they've already decided the elite have decided he's going to be the nominee. And somebody said to me, this proves that um, that Bernie is no longer the anti-establishment candidate. I don't think that's necessarily true. They just couldn't exclude him as easily as they could her. It was no brainer for them to change the rules to kick her out. But if they could do that to Bernie, they would have. They don't. They don't like Bernie any better. Like they've all lined up behind Biden.
0: Yeah, I think Bernie. The, the problem with Bernie is he's too obvious about the direction that everyone's going. Like Bernie's the guy that's like, our secret plan is to be communist, and they're like the whole DNC is like, shh, you can't say that. That's that's the mm-hmm. problem with Bernie. Um, you know, uh, I was. Uh, someone someone pointed this out the other day which i think is funny that the the dnc well the democrats generally and all the mainstream media remember why did trump win according to their narrative what's the just Carrie? um we racism. haven't talked about this before what's oh, the racism answer? well racism yeah but the election stuff
1: and sexism and russia
0: russia i was going for russia but both of those things are those are all fine answers um
1: <laughs> those are all fine they're all, yes they're answers. They're all
0: fine answers. There's some mighty fine they're answers fine. there, Gary.
1: <laughs> they're all fine and completely wrong. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh but they they went through this Russia thing. And if you if you look at it, I think at the end of the day, uh the Soviet Union or the Soviet Union, Russia spent like, I don't know, what is it one or two hundred K on some Facebook ads and Twitter stuff? There was like not a lot, right? Yeah. So if that were true, Why didn't Bloomberg just spend his money there and he would totally have gotten the nomination? Like he could have easily hired Russia (laughs) to make himself the president of the United States.
1: (laughs) Right. Hey, Russia, can I just give you a few hundred thousand for you to like swing the election my way? By the way, they don't look at all the money that Google, you were talking about Google and Facebook and how they're trying to swing the election. They don't look at all of that's an incredible amount of money compared to what Russia spent. And they completely ignore it. This guy, we've talked about him before. We did an episode on him, but if you guys haven't seen this guy, Dr. Robert Epstein, he has an unfortunate last name. Um, Dr. Robert Epstein testified before Congress and you can watch the testimony. And he says he is a lifetime Democrat. He voted for Hillary Clinton, but his field of study is how these social media companies influence elections, and he's like, they easily swung, what do you say, 10 million votes?
0: I think he said, yeah, up to 10 At points. least. Yeah, it was like between two and yeah. 10 or something. Yeah, I don't remember. We can, I'll link yeah. to the, we have a video about this, right?
1: Yeah, we did a video about him, and he's amazing, and he also, he he talked about how in 2020, they're gearing up to make sure they don't fail this time and and he gave examples of how if they wanted to like facebook can say oh she has two delegates german says she has two delegates tulsi sorry correction either way they've excluded her they made it higher than the number of delegates she has um but so uh he talked about how they facebook for example can send you a voting reminder and they can do it based on what party you're registered to they know if you're liberal or conservative they can choose to send all the people on the left hey don't forget to go out and vote tomorrow and not send it to the people on the right like they can do whatever they want google the biggest threat in my opinion is the way that google manipulates search algorithms so when you're looking up stuff they're only showing you the stuff they want you to see at the top they're not showing you what's naturally the most popular results of that search absolutely they're showing you they're showing you pro-democratic pro you know anti-trump results and it's very hard to even that doesn't yeah
0: yeah and it's very hard to demonstrate any of this right um so the google search engine thing is almost impossible to demonstrate but um he did some experiments with experiments with it and he he um he was able to to show that you can change people's opinion based on which search result the order of search results um and also he demonstrated that you can uh and actually facebook already tested this they can increase voter turnout in an area by reminding people on the day of voting to go vote. Um, But imagine if they were to just pick areas that were predominantly Democrat rather than predominantly Republican and remind those people, that would have a massive impact on uh, the election. And there's no real way you could tell, right? They could just be like, well, you know, we, we, we reminded some people. And unless you're screenshotting every little district in the entire country constantly and I mean, it'd be pretty hard to make a case against Facebook. You wouldn't. You wouldn't know. You would never really know. And one of his points was that they could do this. Not just that they could do this, but that they could do this, and there's no accountability. Like we won't know if they do this.
1: Yeah, we won't know. And and none of these people who are the media people who've pushed the fake Russia narrative on us. None of them talk about this. They completely ignore it. In fact, they do the opposite. They try and get the videos about this scrubbed. Project Veritas did a hidden camera video with a Google executive. So she's in charge of developing algorithms and machine learning, right? Jen Gapay, I think is her name, G-A-P-A-I. They did a hidden camera video and they have her on camera saying that Google thinks it's their responsibility to make sure Trump doesn't get reelected in 2020 that yeah. they have to stop Trump. That Google views this as their responsibility and that's why, and she's head of the algorithm, they're teaching the algorithms what they need to know to make sure Trump doesn't get elected. And that's why even as much as she says, on, even as much as she likes Elizabeth Warren, she she didn't support Warren talking about busting up the social media um, conglomerates because you a small company can't handle this responsibility of preventing a Trump situation, she says, the way that we at Google can they've admitted this on camera what did the what did the media do did they report on this no they try to get it they try to discredit it they engage in genetic fallacy they say project veritas the same way they say russia or whatever and hope to scare you off so you won't actually watch it they say project and and it works i see idiots i'm going to use that word i see idiots on on social media all the time if you share that video they won't even watch it she's on camera her words are not manipulated It doesn't matter. They go Project Veritas and then they scurry away. Right. Uh, It does. I don't care who did the video. Watch it. She admits this, that they view it as their responsibility to impact the 2020 election to make sure that Trump doesn't get elected. What did YouTube do? YouTube, of course, owned by Google, pulled the video down. Project Veritas has to put it up on their website because YouTube scrubbed it. Because yep. they don't want you to see it.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've already done... The The point you're making, which is an excellent one, is I think is they've already done a lot of manipulation. And mm-hmm. They've already done a hell of a lot. And they've gotten away with it. And they'll continue to get away with it. I mean, just go back to the... Just remember the Google All Hands meeting, the famous All Hands meeting after the election in 2016? It was very clear yeah. uh, what the company's goals were for the next election. And they've had four years to be working on that. And of course they are. Um, yeah. Yeah. I.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what you, they've already done a lot of manipulation. And if you're one of those people, and I doubt you are, if you're watching this channel, but maybe you are, maybe you're hate watching us. Um, if you're one of those people who let genetic fallacy get in your way of investigating something, they've already manipulated and scrambled your brain. If you're the person who's like, I would watch that, but. Project Veritas, you know the, or oh that link is from Breitbart. I'm not gonna go look at it Then they've already scrambled your brain like you're not even thinking on your own like you're manipul- you're a puppet at that point Like I realize I'm not talking to the actual person who holds the views that are coming out of your mouth I'm talking to an automaton. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so.
0: And they also I mean people stand behind the they they hide behind this algorithms thing um and they talk even about, and even sometimes when people talk about like manipulating algorithms, um, you got to understand how like machine learning and AI works from a, just a high level. It does not, it's not really even, it doesn't, it's not like someone has to sit there and like code intentional stuff. The way that they train AIs is they give them a lot of instances of a thing and they have a human categorize those instances. So for example, if every time, if you have a bunch of videos and a human looks for when 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 someone says like, Uh, the word SJW, or they talk about the -the Overton window. If a human's like, oh yeah, that's a Nazi thing and that's an alt-right thing. Well, the AI will learn that these are Nazi alt-right videos um, because that's what humans are telling them, right? Um, So it's not like they have to have a programmer sit back and intentionally do that. It's just that they're all they need is a bunch of biased people providing the input to train AI, which Of course, there's biased people at Google because Google's full of leftists. So they're all going to watch stuff or read stories or whatever and train AIs in a biased manner. Even if they didn't want to, that would be a problem. And they obviously want to.
1: Yeah. Even if they didn't want to, it would be a problem. You're exactly right. But, But they've admitted they want to. That they view it, they're so much smarter than the American people and it's up to them to protect the American people from themselves <laughs> for voting who they for who they want to. Yeah. They have to swing it because otherwise these dumb plebeians would probably pull the vote lever for Trump and they can't let that happen because they're so smart. The same people who said that because Bloomberg has $500 million and there's 327 million Americans, he can give us all a million. <laughs> They're so intelligent. Yeah. They have to protect us from ourselves.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I, uh, I know some I, – I don't know. Carrie, I should apologize to you. I think – I'm mock apologizing. I think I missed International Women's Day. Is that correct? Oh, Carrie. Wow. Carrie disappeared. Look at her. Let's watch her sit back down. This is what happens when I'm talking. She just gets up and leaves.
1: Well, I have these new headphones, so I can still hear you when I walk around the room now. Um, You didn't send me a card. You didn't send me a Women's Day gift.
0: I know. I didn't (laughs) didn't realize it. Worse than that, I didn't even know it was Women's Day. So there you go.
1: I knew because when I was in SJW it was hammered into my head and so we used to always celebrate it. So March eighth I will never forget is Women's Day. As, as bad as I am with time and dates about other things, I, I will always remember that. Um, no, I just had to go get little ticker, little tea gray, because Nancy wanted to see him, that's all.
0: Oh nice. So uh, yeah. so it was yesterday is what you're saying with Women's Day.
1: Yesterday was International Women's Day, which do you know the history of International Women's Day?
0: Um no. Do I want to? Okay.
1: Yeah, I think you might be. I was very interested to learn this, and I think you might be as well. Okay. Uh, I have uh, my friend, April Rose, who we've had on the show before. We've interviewed her on Deprogrammed, um, who's a libertarian and just a really interesting – has a lot of interesting things to say about about SJW ideology and mental illness – that's a great episode to watch if you guys haven't seen it. Look for April Rose. Um, so anyway, here's what she wrote. Now I haven't looked any of this up yet. I'm taking her at a word, but um, just let it be known I haven't. I want to read about it on my own and verify all this. But she said, you may think – she posted this the day before. She said, you may think tomorrow's International Women's Day, but you're just being tricked into celebrating a communist holiday – March 8th is actually the 103rd anniversary of the Russian Bolshevik revolution, which involved some women protesters and would go on to kill 20 million people because some women were involved in the revolution. People twisted it into being quote, a woman's empowerment thing end quote, but it wasn't. Why don't we celebrate actually heroic women? Maybe pick the first recorded date of women's suffrage, New Zealand was the first country to give women the vote, September 19th in 1893. Uh, or we could pick Susan B. Anthony's birthday, February 15th in 1820. We could do a lot better here. Huh. So she's just pointing up the date, March 8th, she says, was chosen because it was the 103rd anniversary of the Russian Bolshevik Revolution, which I had never heard that before.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that either. Um, and it makes sense because it's not really about women, is it? It's about... Uh... It's what it's about. What it's always about, which is tearing down the West. So, uh, someone on chat, Herman Menderchuk in chat says, "There's no such thing as women anyway." The UN tweet spelled it W O M X N. So the UN the UN didn't use the word women oh. or women.
1: Yeah, I also saw the UN. They they won't use women. They're using womenx in or whatever right. with the X. Uh, they also tweeted something about, like, how trans women are women. It's like, there's nothing about women. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's nothing about women anymore. It's just about trans women who are biological men. Yeah. But everything is now about – so I, this plays into my joke about, like, maybe the patriarchy is real because women can't even have women's things anymore. No. You may not. <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: Well, Carrie, like... don't worry. Don't worry. Um everything's fine now because Shell Gas Station changed their name for a day to Shield. Oh gosh. <laughs> I thought this was a joke, but just... it's not a joke. This is a real thing. <laughs> so okay. as in She will uh, and they have a stupid little video uh, here about like she will I don't know. She will accomplish things and she will be heard. Blah blah blah. I'm not even uh,
1: I'm so tired of this pandering, guys. I'm so tired of it. Are other women sick of this? I'm just, I'm just tired of it.
0: Honestly, it. Uh, I think if an alien species came down and watched this, they would be like, "Wow, these women are narcissistic, fragile people. What are, what are, what are this? What is this subset of the species? This is odd. They have to be pandered to it's constantly." Like, yeah. It's
1: like, how do they sell oil and gas? Well, they put a little girl on it. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> they say that she will be heard. Ooh, this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, Nancy Pelosi My- mentioned that she votes for a woman. <laughs> that's that's how she decides to vote. Is at least they're honest. She's like, oh, I just usually vote for the woman. I'm like, okay, okay, that's good.
1: Yeah, this is what I've told you. They do. They go through and they just pick whoever they think is most oppressed. They look at race and and gender and all that stuff. It's crazy. That's what I used to do too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I here the thing. Here's the thing about the pandering and all this stuff. One of my favorite things to do in conversation now is because people just assume I'm a leftist still or I, you know, I don't know the way I come off. I'm a woman. They make assumptions just like they make assumptions about my my friend who is a Trump voter, but who's black and they always automatically assume certain things about him and we'll start talking and he'll let him talk. I think that's, that's by the way, I think that's a leftist uh,
0: thing generally. My experience is that leftists always assume you're on their side by default, and people on the right don't. Yeah. Do it's a, it's just a thing. Yeah. I don't know why.
1: So my favorite thing is when I, it's a guy, it's, when it's a man, and he automatically assumes those things about me, especially when, like the other night I was telling you, this guy was talking about how feminism and the oppression of women. I'm just like, tell me more. Like I just want to hear them right. say it. <laughs> <laughs> see what they'll say yeah (laughs) and then they say all this stuff that's like it's like that shell gas station thing it's all virtue signaling it's all stuff that you probably haven't spent too much time thinking about you just know it's the opinion you're supposed to have and that you're you might get points by saying it in front of this black person or this woman or whatever because that's the way that the leftist ideology has taught you to view people and you view oh that's a person in a marginalized group they're probably gonna like it if i say this and it's always i I find those conversations to be sometimes really interesting because then once i let them say their piece and i disagree then it's like what (laughs) you get to have a fun conversation
0: yeah anyway um little ragamuffin in chat asks if there's an if there's a men's day there is actually an international men's day it's not celebrated widely but there is one um i think we did a video for men's day at some point or i might have i don't know if i don't remember if you were around for that but uh yeah there is theres there is. Oh, Maria Tuscan knows when it is. Go, Maria. She says it's November nineteenth. So there you go. Remember, remember the nineteenth of November. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know, Carrie. I, the, the the interesting oh, thing about I'm say- go ahead.
1: Well, a couple things since Maria's in chat and so is a little ragamuffin. If you guys have anything you want us to talk about or anything you want us to promote, let us know. Um, Maria has uh, a lot of the new polarized knits. She did a whole second run of them coming out. I know she opened up pre-orders. They may be closed again because I know she got so many that she had scarpal tunnel and has to wear a wrist brace now because she <laughs> was working on She's so much yards. She's sacrificing
0: yard. just, herself for the cause.
1: Yeah. Uh, so if, so anyway, you can visit Tuscan knits and get her polarized yarn sets with names like, uh, from the SJW bingo names, like, um, emotional, emotional labor, um, sitting in my discomfort, woke purity spiral, stuff like that. And then little ragamuffin, we did an, we were privileged to do an interview with her for D program. That's going to be coming out sometime soon. Um, carter's working on that one and little ragamuffin is going to give us a um affiliate link where you guys can go and and get patterns for a discount i believe i believe i think that's what's happening but anyway they're both in chat they can tell you more about both thank you daniel for the super chat
0: he just read so (laughs) Um, i don't carry the um I think we may have have mentioned this before, but it's probably a long time ago before, you know, when we had fewer followers. Uh, One of the things that I find fascinating about, especially the guys who embrace uh, a lot of this woke feminist crap and and think that it's necessary to pander to women constantly and, um, you know, assume when they talk to you, assume that you feel oppressed and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Those guys tend to be – I don't see those guys as uh, alpha males that ever really – land women in terms of like they're not very attractive to women generally i think it's a reproductive strategy i think it's a survival strategy for beta males who can't actually attract women uh they figure they're gonna like slither up to them and like give them a shoulder to cry on about their oppression and they're hoping that in the midst of the tears suddenly they'll they'll sleep with them or something i don't know but it's the skeeviest guys that i see that tend to be the, the feminist, the, the la- most loud male feminists that I see are the grossest guys. And, uh, I don't know, that's just from my perspective, obviously as a guy, but I'd be curious what you think as, as a female and what other women in chat think, cause I know we have a lot of women on our channel that watch, uh, it doesn't <laughs> seem like, you know, it doesn't seem like those are the guys that, that are extremely attractive, even to the feminist.
1: No. Okay. So there's two types though. Roughly, roughly two types. There are the ones who I think are really just very gross and they're overtly over the top male feminists. And they tell you, you know, like the, the, the guys who make it a reproductive strategy, the guys who I would say, uh, like, okay. Like Jamie Kilstein, who's a comedian who we've interviewed on deprogrammed, amazing interview. Um, Jamie Kilstein, I think, would even admit or did admit before his his downfall, his SJW mobbing and his hashtag Me Too moment, which was a BS Me Too moment, in my opinion, before that happened to him and he came tumbling down, he was he was the epitome of what I would call the male feminist model that was like that was "Mm, his reproductive
0: strategy. That was his thing.
1: Yeah, and I just didn't get it. And I knew and there were other comics like him that I was in the same circles with when I was managing comedians, who same thing, it was like, I didn't, everything they were saying aligned with my ideology and my politics. And I couldn't understand why I didn't find them funny. And I guess you could probably extrapolate that and say on a woman may feel the same way about like, well, everything lines up with my ideology. And why don't I find them attractive? Um, and I have feminist your friends your ideology
0: is unattractive.
1: I have <laughs> SJW feminist friends who've confessed to me in quiet that they are not attracted to the men that they feel they should be attracted to, but that they're attracted to. I'm thinking of one in particular who she's like, "I just want a blue collar man." Like I'm, I, and she's embarrassed by this. It's almost like she doesn't want to admit it. She was like, "But she's really attracted by men with." who get their hands dirty and who are like the opposite of what she thinks she should quote, should be attracted to.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I, you know what I'm, I wonder if uh, there's another thing. Maybe this is TMI, but this is something I've noticed as I've aged, which I think is uh, actually, this is one of the reasons why guys need, older men in their lives, and I don't, I mean, I'm not an old guy, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm older than 20. Uh, I, one of the reasons I think that guys need older guys, like Jordan Peterson is, for example, a lot of young guys look up to Jordan. Um, I think one of the important things is when you're really young, um, at least for guys, sex is uh, a almost exclusive focus. You're like overwhelmingly focused on <laughs> reproduction, not actually reproduction, but practicing. And uh, it's very it's very important and it blinds you to a lot of things. And as you age, uh, that becomes less important and you start to realize uh, other things that are very important. And I think having an older man in your life, if you're a young man, can help temper some of your irrational behavior and can and prevent you from getting... Mixed up in frankly toxic uh, relationships with women who are really no good and uh, and are, are just vampires in some way. And I think the MGTOW movement is predominantly fueled by young men who don't have access to older men to help advise them, and so they get burned or they see they see men around them get burned. And there's uh, there's really no older man to mentor them about what's important, what's not important, um, and to help them see that there's, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel that not every woman is a Kardashian. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I have another, th- I'm not sure which type of guy this, this, this is actually is different from the MGTOW type of guy and from the first guy I mentioned. So when I said there's like roughly two types of guys who, who, who will do, do the feminist line, the feminist narrative. There's the overtly met male feminist type. Yep. Like the Jamie Kelstein prior to his downfall. But then there are the guys who I think are just like normies who they're, they have, they're, they're busy doing other things. They're not fully engaged. They're not really paying that close of attention. And they've just become in, like everyone is indoctrinated through mainstream media to whatever is the current culturally accepted narrative. And so like, like I used to think of the wage gap is just as, as factual as gravity without even thinking about it or investigating it. So I've met even like people who will just talk about, Oh, the wage gap. And I, I believe women should be paid an equal wage. And then when I push a little bit, I realize they don't know any stats about how the wage gap is, not real. (laughs) They don't actually know the stats behind it. Um, but, and, but then that once you show them, they're, they're willing to take in new information. They're not committed to an identity of like male feminist. you know what I mean? They're just repeating what is culturally accepted narrative that's passed down to it. That's like programmed into us through the current cathedral, like the media.
0: Do you think there's white knighting that's happening there where guys like it's a, you know, here's a way to, to if you are masculine generally and you uh are more of an alpha type male do you think that they're tapping into like hey there's women that need saving go save them
1: i think there's some of that but i think it's more of like you're dating if you're in the dating pool you are coming across a lot of female sjw's or at least women who've been programmed with the narrative. And so you're learning to adapt to the to that being um, uh, considered a reality. And so when then you date other women, like I've I've hung out with guys who I think who who've said it as if they they've already been with they've already dated a feminist in the past, and so now they know some of the things they're supposed to say. And so it's like it's almost said as if a uh, like a I'm gonna get cookies for this kind of thing, like like a
0: you don't uh,
1: cookies, like though. like yeah. But no, I don't mean cooking, but yeah, <laughs> but, like, but saying like, you know, I believe a woman should get paid an equal wage. Oh, really? Well, we do. Right. <laughs> like on average, we do. In fact, in fact, if you look at single women who've never taken a break from the, their career, who've never taken a break to have kids, who've, con- who've continually focused on their career the way that men have, like a lot of them get paid more than men. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, bye, Nicole. Yeah. Talk to you Friday.
0: Nicole's taken off in chat. Uh, Carrie, the there's one other minor thing that I think you might appreciate. Did you see this uh, video from Congressman Ken Buck that he posted on
1: Twitter? <gasps> yes, let's you, look at this.
0: You did? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let me see if I can pull it up. Hold on here. Uh, okay. So. He posts this video. This is about We're switching topics to gun control. And by the way, if all congressmen from Colorado were this guy, uh, I think Colorado would clearly be the place for everyone to move. OK.
2: I have a message for Joe Biden and Beto O'Rourke. If you want to take everyone's AR-15 in America, why don't you swing by my office in Washington, DC, and start with this one.
0: Come and take it over. <laughs> That's pretty good. Makes me, makes me want to so, vote for him.
1: Here's His rifle has all that, like, uh, custom-coding American flag decal on it. Yeah. I was joking that it's, like, camo, but it helps you blend in with other patriots. Like, if you <laughs> have, like, all the flags. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I made myself cough.
0: <laughs> it is. It's, uh, it's... <laughs> It's uh Fourth of July camo.
1: Fourth of July camo. Like you put the fourth you put the flag stuff on there and then you go stand with like some other MAGA people and nobody will see you.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this, this video is now being taken by the left as evidence. They're they're claiming that he's threatening people. Um and What? Yeah, and it, it's amazing to me how, you know, someone threatens to take your stuff, you say, come try, and you're the one who's making the threat. That's-
1: Really? Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Keith the Hat Guy says, plus he has a cool last name. Yeah, look, I don't know anything about this guy's policies, I just like this particular video, but uh, I guess Buck is a cool uh, cool last
1: name. Well, I saw that Beto shared that video and, and then basically said something like, what you're saying, you know, you've just given me c- conclusive evidence that, you know, we don't need these weapons of war in our streets. And it's like, wait, what? What, what kind of evidence? There, all I saw was a man with his legally acquired firearm and legal firearm saying, I'd like to see you try. Which was That's locked it.
0: up, by the way, nice and responsibly. Which
1: was locked. <laughs> yeah, there was a lock on it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Is everyone in Colorado like that? People in chat Colorado. I know uh the couple of people that were in Colorado aren't in chat anymore. But uh I don't know. Makes me wanna makes me want to go vote for for Buck in Colorado. <sighs> I, I don't think we're going to have it's, Beto as our as our guns are though, don't worry. Cuz I don't think we're going to have Biden.
1: <laughs> Ninja Kitty says he don't give a buck what others think. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um, well, I saw the Beto thing and I just, I was like, will we ever be marked safe from Beto? Like, I'm just so tired of hearing from him. I thought he would be gone after he lost Texas. Then I thought he would be gone after he dropped out of the presidential race. And then and yet he's still there. And uh, one of our friends said, uh, you know, he should go back to doing what he was doing before all this. I'm like, I guess maybe posting nonsense on Twitter is what he was doing before. I don't know. <laughs> I just, Isn't I can't stand. Isn't he like wealthy? Him. Isn't
0: he independently wealthy or something? Or his wife is?
1: Yeah. His, um, wife's dad is like a millionaire billionaire or something. Um, but he, he, uh, he, he engages in all that Orwellian speak. That's one of the reasons I don't like him. Some people pointed out to me the language and we talk about Orwellian language a lot when they say the opposite of what things are, right. It's almost, it's, it's, it's like cousins to projection, but it's, it's close to projection, but it's, it's basically just taking words and saying the exact opposite. So like radical kindness, you're not talking about kindness. When you talk about radical kindness, we all know that they mean something completely different. Um, in 1984, when they talk about war is peace, you know, freedom is slavery. They tell you, and all that, like the new, the propaganda is called the ministry of truth, right? The ministry of truth doesn't teach you truth. It teaches you all propaganda, which is what our media is becoming, the Ministry of Truth. Nothing, you, you can't trust anything they say. Um, so he, the, the whole idea, my point is, this language that Beta was using, he talked about a mandatory government gun buyback. And it took, even though I think I'm pretty good at spotting Orwellian language, it took a friend pointing out to me that you can't buy back something that you never owned to begin right. with. The government didn't own those guns. They can't, quote, buy them back.
0: Right. And and by the it's way, a, a mandatory <laughs> blah 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 is theft. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yes. You're gonna make a mandatory donation. All right. <laughs>
1: yeah. You're gonna make a mandatory donation. My hand's in your pocket because it's you're yeah. mandatorily That's you're uh, mandatory it's donating your do, but you're donating it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a mandatory buyback. I yeah, slash theft. That's where we are. Yeah. Carrie, I have a little bit of good news. Did you see this? Uh, these people in Ireland rock uh, so there's this conservative group um, <clears throat> called the Burkeian uh, and they are I guess after named after Edmund Burke they for I think it was almost a year yeah December of last year <laughs> they set up a Twitter account titled Irish Students Against Fascism they created a little honeypot for fascists and They started talking to uh, student union groups, people in the government, people all around the community in places of power. And they documented, they're starting to release this evidence now. I've looked at some of it. They have documented how tightly the radical violence arm of antifa is with uh, like how tightly they are connected to actual power like ngos government organizations university organizations how much government and university organizations are willing to support antifa and all they did to do this was claim that they were antifa and set up this fake group and they had a bunch of people join it uh and they talked about how they were going to dox conservatives and ruin conservatives lives and get them fired and so then they they ended up being contacted by and reaching out to people in positions of power, and it's amazing how how many people were willing to go along, and and coordinate with them in order to basically ruin the lives of conservatives. And their the their conclusion here in this is it. I'll just I'll I'll read this sentence here because there's a couple sentences because it's uh I think telling. Many young people on the Irish right have long claimed that there is institutional bias constantly working against them. However, it is only now that we can definitely say that that is not the case. There is no institutional bias against young conservatives. There is an outright conspiracy against them. A conspiracy that starts at wow. the lower levels of university life and leads all the way up like a conveyor belt to the NGO complex and the halls of the, this is the Irish legislature. So, um, uh, it's, it's this a great is amazing.
1: idea. Huh? Yes. How amazing is this? Yeah. Herman wants to know if you'll link that article. And I also want to get a link to that article. I, I will want to link read to it things. right
0: now. Yeah, stick it in chat and I'll also put it in the show notes. Um,
1: this is the kind of stuff that we need more of. We need more mischievous, joyful pushback to this. How cool is that? To be like, we're going to set up a honeypot and bring all the Antifa people here and let them just start sharing their contacts and their plans with us. <laughs> yeah and, and
0: demonstrate that they uh you know ba- basically they were saying hey we want to we want to do these things against conservatives and then get seeing how many people were on board with that and how how many people in positions of authority were willing to work with what they thought was antifa planning to do some pretty horrible things um it really reminds me of i know this history is kind of lost, but uh, for those of you who don't know, the kKK was originally the um, militant arm of the Democratic Party. This was what the Democrats would use um, to go do things that they didn't want to be directly associated with, but uh, were kind of all associated. You know, the Democrats were ran the KKK, and they were very uh, closely linked. And so, the, the the KKK was was the Democrat was the the kind of more militant arm of the Democratic Party, and. Antifa is that for modern mainstream leftists. Antifa is their militant arm. Antifa is the one that's going to go do the things that they kind of, you know, have to publicly disavow, but privately support.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes they outright support it. Sometimes. Remember uh, Eric Holder? Was it Eric? No, it was... Uh, who was the, Eric who was older, the Democrat? The, the DNC
0: handbook for a picture, and, and was it him? It. Yeah,
1: it was the DNC guy, and he 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 took a photo. I'm I'm not sure if it was Eric. I think I'm confusing with someone else. He oh, took God. a photo of himself with the Antifa handbook, like Carter saying, and posted it. And this is like, oh, you're a DNC official. It would it would be like, can you imagine any politician posing with like a like you know? Here I am. with the, Does the KKK have a handbook? I don't know. But like, Who knows? it's the same Probably. thing. It's the same thing. Oh, they said it was Holder. It was Eric Holder.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I like that article because uh, I like the idea that this is something that organizations could do. If, if you're a conservative uh, on campus, or even you don't have to be conservative, if you're just against – uh the kind of violence uh that and and fascism that antifa represents uh ironically this is a great this is a great thing for your school to your organization to do uh i think it's i think it's a great idea i don't know if they'll catch on to it and wiseen up but the, you know these these i i I'll say this as someone in the bay area these organizations operate in plain sight uh everyone knows that it's kind of It was kind of common knowledge that Antifa's around and at least <laughs> given implicit, maybe tacit support, but sometimes explicit support by people in power. It's just, it's not one of those things that's super easy to prove if you don't do the work to go in to do this. And it's hard to actually infiltrate, but a honeypot is a great idea. So,
1: By the way, correction, I knew it wasn't Holder. No, it was not Eric Holder. It was Keith Ellison, remember? Oh, okay. and yeah, Keith you're Ellison right. Keith Ellison was right. running for office and... Uh, and he took a photo. And, th- and there was all this other Me Too stuff that was that at the time was also dogging him. And he had been accused of domestic abuse um, by one of his previous girlfriends. This is him. This is the DNC chair, Keith Ellison, posing for a Twitter photo with the Antifa handbook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like proud. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
0: okay. Someone someone in chat suggested the book club reading be the Antifa Handbook. I've already read it once. I don't really feel like reading it again. I, Carrie and I talked about this before. Uh, it's because someone mentioned uh, the White Fragility, Robin D'Angelo's book. I, I want the book club to be fun. <laughs> so if you want to go read it, go ahead. But uh, I think we're going to keep the book club to stuff that's maybe enjoyable, uh, which that doesn't qualify for me. Carrie, I don't know about you. What do yeah. you think?
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like we can read stuff that's not as enjoyable ourselves, and then maybe we could have a maybe we could have a um nobody wants to join book club. <laughs> like, nobody wants
0: like, to join a crappy book club.
1: <laughs> the book club, and then like the ooh the club. <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway. sighs> um, okay. We're gonna have to wrap this up soon guys we really appreciate you joining. so is there anything else you want to cover Carter?
0: I'm pretty good um you know again, if anyone in chat wants us to start talking about stuff because we are only doing the live Kofeffi a couple times a week, which I know we're in discussions about uh, but because we're doing it on a reduced schedule now, um we really like i I really like to have, you know, over the week, if you guys have stuff that you you really want to talk about, I'd prefer to talk about stuff you guys want to talk about. Sometimes I've got something I really want to discuss, but not always. We don't, Carrie and I don't always have stuff that we're really passionate about. And if there's stuff that you guys really want, um, you know, drop us a line and let us know. So that's it. But uh, yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe, share. You can also go to unsafespace.com slash donate. You can support us financially with either cryptocurrency or fiat. You can buy merch at unsafespace.com and you can go to Subscribestar if you want to support us there. But at the very least, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Am I missing anything Carrie?
1: No, uh, you got it. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you Friday for life at the same time at one o'clock Texas time. If not sooner.
0: All Take care.